Life Audio. Thank you for joining us for Sound Reasoning with Christian apologist and minister Perseus Poku of Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's program will educate, train, and empower you to defend your Christian faith with confidence. Perseus has his bachelor's in history and a master's degree in apologetics. We hope you enjoy this time of equipping so that you can answer questions to defend your Christian faith effectively. Now here's Perseus Poku on Sound Reasoning. Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Perseus Poku. On today's episode, we wanted to discuss or deal with the topic of salvation. The topic of salvation or the doctrine of salvation. And after a word from our sponsors, we'll get started on the topic today. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. And in Bible college, uh, you may take a class called soteriology, and that is the study of salvation. Soteriology uh, means the study of salvation. And that particular word comes from uh, the Greek word soterion, which means salvation, and is added to the suffix logia, uh, which means to study, or logia, as you will pronounce it in Greek. So, uh, soterion plus logia gives us soteriology in the English. And when we look at salvation, especially in the Old Testament, the question is, how were people in the Old Testament saved? Were they saved by works? Were they saved through faith? Were they saved through religiosity? How were the people in the Old Testament saved? When we look at Genesis Uh, 15, uh, verse 6, as an example, Uh, we see the passage where uh, it says believed or uh, Abraham believed in the Lord and he reckoned to him as righteousness. And in Romans chapter 4, verses 1 through 5, again, we're talking about Old Testament concept of salvation. What then can we say that Abraham found? 
our ancestor according to the flesh? Indeed, if Abraham were justified on the basis of his works, he has reason to boast. But this was not so in the sight of God. For what does the scripture say? Verse 3. Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. A worker's wage is credited not as a gift, but as something due. But when, but when one does not work, yet believe in the one who justifies the ungodly, his faith is credited as righteousness. So God credited him as being righteous based on his faith. Does this blessedness apply only to the uncircumcised or to the uncircumcised as well? Let me read that again. Does this blessedness apply only to the circumcised or to the uncircumcised as well? Now we assert that faith was credited to Abraham as righteousness, Romans 4 and 9. So here it is in the scriptures. Abraham was credited uh, by faith, by God. And uh, it, it applied to the way that he received God through faith, not through works. It was through faith. So God credited him as being righteous because of his faith. Then when we look at Hebrews 11 and 4, by faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. Let me say that again. Hebrews 11 and 4, by faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness. And many theologians, uh, when it comes to Cain and Abel, the question uh, has always been, uh, why did God accept uh, Abel's sacrifice and not Cain? And out of all of the answers and out of all the arguments that I've heard, uh, this one that I'm getting ready to share, to me, is the most persuasive. And uh, to me, it makes more sense contextually uh, and theologically and doctrinally. So when we talk about uh, the worship of Abel, the worship of uh, of his brother Cain, what we see is um, in, in, in the earlier chapters of Genesis, you see that God cursed the land also. So the land was tainted. The land was cursed. The land wasn't what it used to be prior to the fall. So um, Abel gave to God uh, not an offering from the land. Um, he gave to God the very best. So the land wasn't as, as, as good as, let's say, uh, uh, animal sacrifice. So when um, Cain gave his sacrifice, he was, he was given his sacrifice from a tainted source, whereas Abel's uh, sacrifice wasn't tainted. So in terms of probability, that makes the most sense uh, hermeneutically, and that makes the most sense doctrinally. So, by faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. So, so these are uh, Old Testament examples of how God um, dealt with the Old Testament saints as it relates to salvation. Then we see 
in Romans 4, 6 through 8, or even Psalms 32 and 12, David also speaks of the blessing on the man to whom God credits righteousness apart from works. Let me say that again. David also speaks of the blessings on the man to whom God credits righteousness apart from works. So they're righteous through faith, not because of works. They're righteous through faith and not because of works. So some people may say, well, you keep saying that, but uh, are you saying that if you're saved, you don't need to work? No, we're saying that we work because we are saved, not to get saved. Let me say it again. We work because we love God, because we are already saved, because we are already his children. And because of that, uh, produces uh, work out of us because of our relationship to God. That's what uh, those two uh, distinctions are in terms of how God deals with us, right? We don't work to get saved, but we work because we are saved, because we love God. We don't sit idle by, we don't waste time. We work because God has saved us and because he loves us. That's why we work. It's not the other way around. We don't work uh, to get saved or uh, there's nothing that we do in our own effort to get saved but because we love God, because we already saved, because of what Jesus did on the cross, because of justification, we uh, co-labor with Jesus. That's what Paul says. We are co-laborers with Christ, and we are used by God to uh, propel and to advance the gospel. So when we look at Romans 4, 6 through 8, it says, David says the same thing when he speaks of the blessedness of the one to whom God credits righteousness apart from works. Verse 7, blessed are those whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Verse 8, blessed is the one whose sin the Lord will never count against, him, against them. So again, uh, we have passages here in Scripture that talks about blessings or being counted as righteous apart from good works. So, good works alone doesn't save us. And Paul uh, emphatically addresses this in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 when he says, uh, For by grace are ye saved through faith. It's a gift of God, lest any man should boast. I'm paraphrasing. But that's what uh, Paul reminds us of is uh, we are saved by grace. It is not of works. It's a gift of God lest any man should boast, meaning that if you were able to work for your salvation, then there's, uh, uh, there's no need for God to be in the picture because you did it on your own. But the works ha- has already been performed on the cross. Um, all God requires is that we receive the gift of the atonement and we accept Christ as our personal Lord and Savior uh, in an authentic way. There are those who profess with their mouth, but their heart is not in it. Um, And Romans reminds us that we have to be genuine about our profession. Our heart has to be in it, meaning that we are truly converted, not just lip service, but that we are truly converted. Let us take a break to recognize our sponsors, and we'll be right back. 
Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. Then when we look at Psalm 32, 12 through 14, it says, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people whom he has chosen for his inheritance. The Lord hath looked from heaven. He hath beheld all the sons of men. From his habitation which he hath prepared, he hath looked upon all that dwell on earth. So God uh, has blessed the nation the people whom he had chosen for his inheritance. The Lord had looked from heaven. He had beheld all the sons of men from his habitation with he had prepared. He had looked uh, upon all that dwell on earth. God has assessed all men. So when we look at the Old Testament again, uh, there was a way to salvation, and it was not the law, but through faith, um, the law was essentially a guardian or handmaiden until the arrival of the Messiah. So God was using the law to uh, show them the parameters of what the Messiah was going to reveal in full. So the law was a shadow uh, until the coming of the Messiah. It it, it was a handmaiden. Um, it, It took us so far. When I say us, I'm talking about Israel. And how God dealt with people. It took them so far. But when Jesus came, he said, I did not come to abolish the law, but I came to fulfill it. I came to fulfill it, meaning that you all had a hint of what the law was supposed to represent. But I'm here to unpack it. I'm here to uh, fully explain it. It's not necessarily what these religious uh, leaders are trying to teach you. It's not necessarily what these rabbis are interpreting the law to be. Uh, these rabbis and the Pharisees and the, and the Sadducees and uh, uh, those in the Qumran Valley, uh, many of them are twisting the meaning of the law, especially as it relates to salvation. Salvation, as, as we, if you look at the story of Jesus and the uh, Samaritan woman, um, the way they were teaching salvation was totally contrary to the will of God. The Samaritan uh, uh, woman thought that salvation or, or worshiping God, as an example, was based on location. And Jesus said, no, that's going to come a day where uh, you, you don't need to just uh, think about going to one place to worship God. Worshiping God is not based on locality. And, and, and then with the religious leaders, uh, they were teaching that following the law is what made you righteous. And, and Jesus was saying, no, what makes you righteous is the circumcision of the heart. It is, is the reign of God in the believer's heart. And that's what the kingdom of God was all about. The kingdom of heaven basically means the reign of God in a believer's heart. So in Galatians 3.11, it says, But that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident, for the just shall live by faith. Rome, uh, Galatians 3.11. But that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident. For the just shall live by faith. And that's self-explanatory. Uh, where Paul writes, the just shall live 
by faith. Then the Old Testament saints looked forward to the hope of the Messiah. Yes, they were uh, credited as righteous, but also God gave them a hint of what was yet to come even after they were called home. So they looked forward to the hope of the Messiah. That's very important uh, that, that we realize that. Uh, God always has a plan. God uh, always um, has a plan A, and sometimes he has a plan B, and it's a plan B to us. But in God's uh, knowledge, God knows everything. So for us, we may not see the full picture, but God sees the full picture. For us, our view may be limited, but God sees the full picture. So it's important that we trust God in everything that we do, and in everything that he says, because he knows it all. He knows it uh, from top to bottom. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 9 through 12, it says, Receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls, of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that shall come unto you, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ, which was in them, did signify when it testified beforehand the suffering of Christ and the glory that shall follow, unto whom it was revealed that not unto, the, unto them themselves, but unto they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which things the angels desire to look into. So basically, what Paul is saying is that God had already sent prophets. God had already sent of individuals to talk about what was going to happen. Paul is linking the prophets of old with the apostles of new. So God's message has not changed. He was just revealing things to us a little bit at a time. So this whole idea of salvation is not limited to new. It's not just a New Testament concept. It's both old and new. God has been uh, engaged in saving his people temporally as well as eternally since the, uh, since the fall. So salvation and justification. And these are terms uh, that we need to be acquainted with as it relates to the doctrine of salvation. Uh, there are plenty of words uh, in our uh, Christian vernacular that we need to be aware of. Uh, many of these words we hear in church, and for some of us, uh, we haven't fully um, unpacked or understood or defined some of these words. So let us attempt, attempt to address and define some of these uh, words. Justification. What does that mean when we talk about Christians being justified? If you read the King James Version, you'll see that word a lot, uh, being justified. So justification means God creating the covenant relationship with sinners to save justify or make them right through Christ. Let me say that again. When we use the term justification, we're talking about God creating a covenant relationship with sinners in order to save them, to justify them, or to make them right. That's what justification is. Because of sin, uh, a penalty had to be paid. An offering had to be given. And Jesus came as the perfect offering for God. Uh, because only God could die for our sins, uh, this level of sin, and that was Jesus Christ. So Jesus came to take our place as sinners. 
uh, even though he knew no sin. So justification is God creating a covenant relationship with sinners in order to save, justify, or make them right through Christ Jesus. Then Wayne Grudem, uh, he defined justification as this, the instantaneous legal act of God in which he thinks of our sins as forgiven and Christ's righteousness as belonging to us and declares us to be righteous in his sight. So again, justification defined by Wayne Grudem, a Christian theologian, uh, is the instantaneous legal act of God in which he thinks of our sins as forgiven and Christ's righteousness as belonging to us and declares us to be righteous in his sight. So in his definition, uh, it should embolden us to feel liberated. Oftentimes, as Christians, many of us beat ourselves up for what we did in the past. Long as it's in the past, long as we're not doing it anymore, just know that God has forgiven you. You can move on. You don't need to keep carrying the baggage of what you did. Um, My professor in seminary used to put it like this. The past offenses, the sins that we've committed, uh, we need to let, let it go because you can't go back and unscramble the egg. That's what he says. You can't go back and unscramble the egg. If, if you've confessed, God has forgiven you. If you turn your back on that transgression, if you turn your back on that sin, God has forgiven you. Don't allow the devil to keep whispering in your ear what you used to be, what you have done, what you used to do. Look at what you've done. That's what the devil used to beat us up. But God has forgiven us. We've been justified. So remember that we've been justified and God has cast your sins uh, far uh, from the west as the east. So remember that you've been justified. Uh, Justification also um, implies that through the blood of Christ, the guilty has been vindicated or acquitted. We've been justified through the blood of Christ. The guilty has been vindicated or acquitted. So in the legal sense, We've been justified by his blood, Romans 5 and 9. If you have uh, an opportunity, read Romans 5 and 9. You've been justified. You have been justified. So to be just or righteous, sedek or sadak, that's the Hebrew, to be just or righteous. So remember that God has forgiven you. Psalms 143 and 2. And do not enter into judgment with your servant. For in your sight, no man living is righteous. So on our own, uh, we're not righteous. On our own, we are not righteous. But in Christ, we are righteous. In Christ, uh, through the lands of the blood, we are justified. Uh, Justified, yizdak, in the Hebrew, uh, means to be justified by acquittal. Our case has been settled. Our case has been settled because of what Jesus did on the cross. Our case has been settled. Uh, The price has has been paid. Uh, No other sacrifice would do. No other sacrifice would be sufficient. What Jesus did on the cross was good enough for God, and he fulfilled all of the prophecies. He's the perfect lamb, just like the Old Testament, when they used to sacrifice uh, a perfect lamb uh, uh, towards God. Jesus, symbolically, metaphorically, is the Lamb of God who came to take away the sins of the world. And so he satisfied God, the Father, 
uh, by what he did on a cross. Uh, blood was shed, but this time it wasn't a lamb, uh, uh, an animal lamb. This time it was the lamb of God whose uh, sin was shed and thus made way for remission of sin. Isaiah 43 and 9, all the nations have gathered together so that the people may be assembled. Who among them can declare this and proclaim to us the former things? Let them present their witnesses that they may be justified or let them hear and say it is true. That's the New American Standard Bible version. So again, Isaiah 43 and 9 says all the nations have gathered together so that the people may be assembled. Who among them can declare this and proclaim to us the former things? Let them present their witnesses that they may be justified or let them hear and say it is true. Again, this whole idea of justification um, means that God has forgiven us and made things right. In the legal sense, we have been acquitted from all of the things that we've done in the past. That's the key. As believers, we don't premeditate sin. As believers, we don't uh, sit down and intentionally do things that are wrong. If we do things that are wrong, it needs to be by accident, not through uh, premeditation. So when we look at our connectivity to God, if God truly has his hands on us, we know. You know and I know. We all have blind spots. But uh, what we do is we strive to be holy because our standard is holiness. Our master is holy. We strive to be holy. And in totality, God's looking at uh, our life if we truly surrender to him, if we've truly turned our lives over to him, if we're allowing him to change us. So uh, we know if, we've, um, if we're fulfilling the mandate that God has for us, and that mandate is to wake up each day to live for Jesus, to live for Christ, to allow him to fill us with his Holy Spirit and to do the work, uh, work of God. Well, we pray that this episode has been of help to you as we go through um, the salvation model um, and, and what God has in mind. Not religiosity, but sanctification and true holiness. We thank you for listening. Continue to pray for us and continue to support us financially. Remember to do for the truth what so many do for a lie. God bless. Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time. And remember, Titus 1.9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy message as has been taught so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org. And as always, we would like to thank our friends at Life Audio for their partnership with us on this broadcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts You're fearfully and wonderfully made. God looks at your heart, not your gene size. 
Do you know the verses yet still stress over your body? Oh, I get it. I was raised in church, but I struggled with food, eating disorders, and my body for decades. I'm Heather Creekmore, host of the Compared To podcast, where we talk about all things body image and comparison from a biblical perspective. We get real about the pressure to focus on appearance in a culture where looks seem to matter most. Whether you're wrestling wrinkles or battling the scale, Compared To Who is the show for you. You'll laugh a little and be encouraged a lot. If you're ready to stop comparing and start living, visit lifeaudio.com to listen and subscribe.